Hello and welcome to Age of Geek Media. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Marley. And I'm Adam. And this, oh, this never mind. Guest, <laughs> no, we have our guest. Wow. Wow. Don't let us introduce you. It's fine. Just I just used to in. doing my own stuff where I just introduced myself. So. <laughs> he's, he's showing some initiatives. He's being a go-getter. It's great. He needs no introduction. He's like, I got this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I got this. I'm good. I can do my own stuff. I got my own press cover. <laughs> thank uh, you very much. Tell us where you're from and what you do, Adam. Uh, yeah, so I am actually uh, over at Big Shiny Robot as their uh, film critic, also on Big Movie Mouth Off as their film critic, and also president of the Utah Film Critic Association. So, Hashtag yeah. kind of a big deal. Uh, I'm like the, the cat herder, so I'm the one. We're actually in award season right now, so we're getting tons and tons of movies on dvd and screener links so it's just like it's like cram season for your finals at your college so it's just non-stop trying to catch everything that's out there so all i heard was beer 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 <laughs> no 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 i'm fancy we have vodka so oh. <laughs> i'm just thinking i'm thinking poor college students i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> oh i see, I see, I see. <laughs> well thank you for joining us tonight we're going to be talking about the marvels but really quick we're going to do a couple of bits of geek geeky news including a few weeks ago we talked about the fact that they're bringing back boo buckets for halloween at mcdonald's and now because all of us are kids of a certain age they have brought back adult-sized happy meals Yay! That's, that's right. <laughs> so you can either get it's it's now called a Kerwin Frost box, but you can get either a ten piece McNuggets or a Big Mac with fries and a soft drink. And yes, you get a toy. Yes, I love it. It's love it. one of one of five toy. special little McNugget Buddy toys. So rush to your local McDonald's and relive a little part of your childhood there. Uh, we also got a new trailer for Kong versus, I'm sorry, Godzilla versus Kong, The New Empire, which is the sequel to the uh, legendary MonsterVerse or the MonarchVerse, if you're watching anything on uh, Apple TV, which if you're not watching it, watch it. Good show. <laughs> it's on my I Actually, I went and saw Godzilla Minus One today. Oh, so how was this that? Afternoon. It was really good. Uh, it's kind of funny watching that and then also watching the trailer for the new Godzilla because I think they spent the same amount of money on the trailer as they did on the entire Godzilla Minus One movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, they could definitely... Uh, it's like Robert Rodriguez budget on a Godzilla movie, but uh, it's fantastic. It looks great. It's emotional. Uh, it's very reminiscent of Jaws in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, if you get a chance to go check it out, it's, it's one of the the better Godzilla movies I've seen. So, Oh, all right. Sweet. Well, good to know. But uh, this one, apparently, you know, we've had the, the big superhero fights. And now we get super kaiju team up is what it sounds like in this one uh, against a new you know, Kong and Godzilla team up against a new enemy, a new combatant <laughs> has entered the arena. <laughs> so uh, there's that will be coming to theaters this coming uh, spring. And as it is a award season, as Adam mentioned, and I believe there's a wee bit of press about Spider-Man Across the Universe this year. Uh, the the complete script for the movie is available online now from Deadline. 158-page oh. script um, in their Read the Screenplay series. It's been added recently, so you can read that. Um, and the third Spider-Verse film was scheduled to release in March, but it's nowhere on the schedule now Aww. it is in limbo as there were many 
production issues that went on behind the scenes with the uh, second movie. Actually, the first movie, they patched those up enough to make the second movie. And they're just like, we can't do this anymore. So hopefully we won't have to wait too long to see when that movie comes out. But that's where we are right now. Anybody else have anything? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. It's okay. Fight it Denny's out. Fight first. it out. Go, go, go. go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I will. No fight. No fight needed. We're good. We're good. Um, well, <laughs> speaking of trailers, like I, I, I saw a couple trailers pop up for some things. Um, uh, the House of the Dragon season two. We got a trailer for that one. Um, if you are a Game of Thrones fan or you haven't really gotten into Game of Thrones and you've only watched House of Dragon, like, seriously, like, I feel like it's better than Game of Thrones. First season was so, so good. And so I'm really excited for season two. I'm glad that um, they are keeping that up. And then also The Boys season four trailer also dropped. And it looks crazier and bloodier as ever. And I just don't know how they could top what they do in that show, but somehow they do. And here we go. <laughs> yeah. in all of these, uh, these trailers and um, promotions, you know, especially where we haven't been able to see a lot of that over the last few months because of all the strikes and everything. And so it, it's fun to, it's fun to get all of that um, hype going again. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, Dave Filoni, uh, good old Lucasfilm, ended up promoting him to chief creative officer, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. I think the Star Wars universe is in much better hands with him. And hopefully uh, the, um, how do I say this lightly? Uh, hopefully Kathleen Kennedy does not help him screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably about as best you could have put it. <laughs> they do not, so they don't snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, basically. Exactly. <laughs> um, right. And then also, uh, season five of Fortnite just dropped, uh, <laughs> and they have all sorts of things they're doing. Uh, they basically brought in uh, all their properties and put them into one game and so you've got uh rocket league jumping in and you're able to do certain things through that they've got uh a lego uh piece oh. now and that uh, one, where you can do lego, lego building does the lego one open up on the seventh yes yep yeah on the seventh and then i think it's on the 15th uh they're basically introducing like a rock band kind of mode so I don't know what's going on, but they're just throwing things in everywhere and we'll kind of see where it lands. I did play it uh, a little bit today and was actually impressed with the graphics enhancements that they did. I wish I wish Overwatch would have adopted what Fortnite did instead of just calling it like Overwatch 2. It should have just been Overwatch, but we've added some things, right? Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because even with that, like, yeah, minor graphic enhancements for for Overwatch two and a couple apps uh, or a couple uh, maps were added. Meanwhile, with Fortnite, it's just Fortnite. It's a new season, so they're updating question, some things. Question about that, Colin? Because the last I, I picked up Fortnite again um, a couple weeks ago, and it was from like the OG chapter. Yep. 
And it was like almost like a completely different game because it was just like it was like slower and just like a little bit different. And so is this is this update you're talking about? This is different than that. Like, have yes. they gone away from the OG yeah, so thing and now they're back to, I guess, normal, quote unquote? Not normal. Like, it's it's all different maps. It's all different guns. Like, all the weapons have changed at this point. I mean, like, they've um, gone back. Like, because obviously yeah. they were going season, 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 and then they're like, oh, let's do OG. And now they're like, now back. Yeah, they basically did the OG map so that there was less maintenance to be done so that they didn't have to focus on patches. Mm. They just focused on the actual gameplay so they could put dev effort somewhere else. Ah, uh, okay. So the OG stuff is done, though. Yeah, that's all done. The meteor that uh, was counting down hit and blew up everything, and now it's a new, <laughs> a new land. And isn't Eminem there now? <laughs> yes, Eminem's <laughs> skin released. Uh, pretty, oh, pretty great. Let's, let's get on and play again. The guy soon. from Family hey guys. guys in it, uh, Peter Griffin. But he's like a macho Peter Griffin. And he's like a random boss in the game. Oh my gosh. So I have never ever played Fortnite. So I have no clue what you're talking about right now. You should totally <laughs> join us for Fortnite okay. sometime. I completely knocked it for the longest time. Oh, same. Um, and then we all decided, hey, let's just play a couple rounds and see how it goes. Uh, and we got addicted and we've been playing it for like the last well, year, year and a half now. Well, and we, we play zero build mode to be specific. Yeah, the building I, part of Fortnite, I'm, in my opinion, is not fun. We just ooh. like the battle royale part of it. So that's what we have been playing. But yeah, you should play with us sometime. It's so fun. So, so is it like, when you say building mode, is that like Minecraft meets like Counter-Strike? Battle I, royale, I, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's in battle royale. So you're quickly building like towers and Oh, okay. etc. You're building. Yep, try to forts. protect yourself. <laughs> yep. Forts in the night. It's nighttime. Yep. I mean, it's really not, but yes. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, AOG, was, yeah. I'm horrible at it, so you you don't really have to worry about competition for me. I am. <laughs> oh, you'll still kick my butt. I can almost guarantee you because I I'm not good at those. No, no, games. no, 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 Adam. We'd all be on the same team. You can do a squad. You so still we find all... a way to kick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> all, all four of us I can mean, be on a team. It'll be there's great. There's a way to kill kill your allies. I've I've had some real jerks do that to me before. Don't look at me. I, it wasn't you. You just okay. run for the crown as quick as you can. I mean, everyone does. That's the point. <laughs> While mid-battle. It's fine. You guys can handle yourselves. Your you just let me just do my thing. It's fine. Fine. Ain't no thing. <laughs> Uh, my my husband and our and our other friend Blake um will will play with us every now and then too and those guys like to pick on me and so I'm like hey fine I'm just gonna go get the crown screw you guys <laughs> <laughs> every person for themselves <laughs> no every crown for themselves sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well I am a princess so that means the crown's mine <laughs> <laughs> no, well as long as crown there's fight. More, there there is more than one so you know you can get your own crown. <laughs> as long as it's the prettiest crown so. name, but yes <laughs> anyway oh, yes. moving on well, speaking of crowns we'll use that as a segue and go from from Fortnite to princess sparkle fists and talk about the marvels yeah colin you tilted your head like you've never heard her referred to her captain marvel referred to as princess sparkle fists 
I don't recall ever hearing that. It is a a nickname that she is given, and I can't remember who gave it to her uh, in the comics. So she's referred to as interchangeably Princess Sparklefist or the Boss of Space. Okay. The Boss of Space. I boss like of that. Space. When she was uh, like basically uh, in one of her one of her solo titles, um, she was the head of. Uh, a repurposed Alpha Flight space station, which would be the same thing as like Saber Station in this movie. Mm. And she was the head of that operation and it became known as the boss of space. I think it may have been a self-given title if I remember correctly. Good. I like it. <laughs> and, and see, I'll be completely honest. I, you know, I, it's kind of on hiatus right now, but I also do uh, uh, Funny Books and Firewater podcast where we review graphic novels. And a lot of the stuff we do is all indie, so I don't read that much Marvel or DC even. So, like, the Sparklefist thing, I'm like, I've never heard of that, so I don't know <laughs> even where... I mean, it makes sense. It works for her character and her punching things, but... And she, yeah, and she was she was punch-heavy at this point. But, uh, yeah, if you if you look it up, Princess Sparklefist, it'll come up with Captain Marvel. I love it. But, yeah, so now we get a sequel to uh, not only Captain Marvel, but also indirectly WandaVision and very directly Miss Marvel uh, from the MCU and the Disney Plus series. And it kind of picks up directly at the end of the Miss Marvel series and you're thrown into a rather chaotic situation in this movie where for some reason Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel are switching places. unexplained at that time in the story. Yeah, it yes. seemed to be like whenever they used their powers or abilities, then all of a sudden they switched and you're like, wait, what? Free <laughs> <laughs> Larson's all of a sudden in this little New, Jer- New Jersey home with uh, Kamala's family and they're all like, who's this blonde woman in our house? <laughs> and, you know, I, I appreciated the fact that they gave a little bit more of the of the fish out of water for Captain Marvel, popping into Kamala's house, seeing pictures of her everywhere, and just freaking right out, like, nope, not doing this. <laughs> nope. Cannot do this. Kid? No. <laughs> the fan Random art, fan the posters, oh, no. the notes, everything. Everything. It was just all like, there. <laughs> checking right out of this. Well, I mean, if you think about it, she has no clue who Kamala Khan is. So it'd be like all of a sudden you switch places and you're like in Buffalo no. Bills and like a little like hideaway. You're like, what is going on? Like, I have no clue. <laughs> but uh, we also find that Monica Rambeau, uh, agent of Saber, is also entangled with their powers. And I think one of the other, the second switch that we see is her and Kamala. And that that's a little disconcerting for, for Monica. Whereas Kamala's like, you're Nick Fury. Is this an Avengers test? Am I in? Did I pass? <laughs> I and she's, so she totally much. fangirls. <laughs> I love her. Her enthusiasm as not just a fledging superhero, but just I'm meeting all these cool people that I'd never thought that I'd have a chance to interact with. And just watching her go through those emotional, you know, wild swings was quite fun. Well, and it's also very very real because i mean herself has been such a, a fangirl for so long and so jumping in and meeting all these people for the first time and acting with them like that's crazy yeah it's definitely one of those dream come true kind of situations but we also get to see on the other side of the equation 
Kamala's family dealing with who are all these people just showing up at our house at, <laughs> at random? And where's my daughter? And destroying <laughs> their house. And kind of oh, destroying their house. A little bit. Who's going to pay I mean, for that? I mean, the flurkin didn't really help. No. Well, actually, no, it did for a minute. Then it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Then it was yeah. just eating everything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm assuming Dan. Uh, I'm going to say that Shield or Saber is going to pay for it. They better. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, and, without oh, giving I guess this is also. Away, oh, pardon me? Good. I'll say without giving anything away, this movie has the best use of the song Memory for the musical Cats. And I'm saying that <laughs> it's even better than the way it's used in the musical Cats. So that's all I'm yeah, going to say. About that, that's fair. Um, but it was also, I guess this is also indirectly a follow-up to the summer's kind of lackluster secret invasion as well. Because now we have a Nick Fury who's more of the Nick Fury that we're used to seeing. A little more behind the scenes in control of what's going on but not as lost as he was in secret invasion yeah and seeming to enjoy being back in the superhero secret agent game uh but he also you know when he's dealing with world building threats or world threatening world threatening entities he's not really had to deal with 16 year old girl's mom with with kamala's mom (laughs) And some of those interactions were the most funny and endearing of, you know, him trying to trying to play the, the straight man, basically, to keep calm and be the level head. And everything around him is just going straight to hell. <laughs> he actually got some really funny lines. Like, there's a moment I don't want to spoil, but... No, uh, we're doing like, spoils. Oh, oh, we're doing, oh yeah. Full you made full spoils, spoils in this. So it's the part where Kamala's falling. And then she switches places with uh, Captain Marvel. And then Captain Marvel just smashes into the ground. And he's like, oh, cool. It's Carol. I, I lost <laughs> my mind. I laughed for two minutes straight and don't remember that part of the movie because I thought it was so hilarious. Well, not long after that, while Kamala's falling and he's got us in Monica after her, and she's not flown yet. She's trying to learn how to mm-hmm. fly. He's like, come on, up. Black girl magic, let's go. And I'm just like, <laughs> did he really put that in there? He just did. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed like Nick Fury was more himself in yeah. this movie, you yep. know, in this in this role. And it's it's hard to know too. I mean, unless you guys already know the answer to this, but was this movie filmed before or after Secret Invasion was filmed? Because maybe, you know, maybe that has um you know taken into account some of it as well but given our like when everything was released it was secret invasion first then the marvels you know for us the audience and so this is what we know on the timeline it was curious it was always that order okay and it would make sense because they were they've been building saber since crap I i forget the order the second Spider-Man movie, I believe, uh, Far From Home, mm. where Talos was uh, impersonating Nick Fury for that entire movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, because at the end, you see Nick Fury on the space stage, on the yep. station, and he's like, has anybody seen my shoes? And just disappears. So you know that he's been off his game for a while. And he comes back in Secret Invasion, and he's totally not the Nick Fury we know, or knew, at least. Yep. So it looks like he's he's back in the game. It's, he's back to being 
the Nick Fury that we remember to some degree, you know, the man pulling all the strings or trying to, as everything is being I think he's trying to grasp things again. I don't know that he's, he's fully there and, you know, steps ahead of people. Oh, well, no, point. he's not going to be steps ahead of people. Cause he's lost that. He's lost that network that he had. Yeah. They mm-hmm. kept him there. So now he is, you know, he's, I would be curious to see how they play this. Cause they never really showed it in secret invasion. What is his status within the uh, echelons of government and international politics? Yeah. Because I'm assuming a lot of people have a lot of questions about what happened with him or apparently to him during Secret Invasion. But he's, you know, apparently running the space station. So things have to be okay-ish. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like, I fell out of Secret Invasion. Like, it just didn't hook me. I think I got, like three episodes in and i just kind of like and again it's part of being busy and everything else i do in my life like i only have so much time to choose what i want to watch but uh i don't know did it did it end was the journey of secret invasion was the destination worth the journey i guess is what i'm asking (laughs) depends on who you ask to our uh, episode on it that we did a few weeks back. yeah there was there's it was a it was a polarizing series honestly because mm-hmm. it was kind of all over the place not sure what it wanted to be um and you could tell that it was marvel's way of answering why was fury so out all over the place ever since endgame when you did see him and for me it was you know how how fury got his groove back basically mm-hmm. but um it was unbalanced i think would be a good way of describing well and i think too at least in my opinion i i don't think it was the secret invasion show that we maybe wanted or needed that 98 percent of the marvel populace wanted to see yeah because like i feel like there was some good there were definitely some good moments you know in the show throughout the whole um series but like there were just certain things that fell flat or it was just a little it was just different than what i think a lot of people expected and you know because like for me i would have loved to have seen a secret invasion show that was more of like a hey let's take you back or even in the in a series of like flashbacks or something and show you where different um, scrolls have been impersonating people throughout what you know in the MCU yeah, and like different moments of time and stuff. Like I would have loved to see more of like that behind the scenes, like, Oh, <laughs> that person was a, was a scroll and you didn't even know, you know, uh-huh. like, but, and it just wasn't that at all. But, but no, I think, I think for the most part, yeah. Like what Robert said, like it was, it was definitely like a, it was a different, different side. Well, not side, but it was, it was a good chance for us to see like what Nick Fury's been up to or kind of maybe what he's going through a little bit more. Yeah. And yeah. It's I not, mean, I, you know, oh, go ahead. oh, I love Nick Fury. I think he's an amazing character and I'm glad mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of taken the way Sam Jackson portrays him and kind of, and obviously, well, they changed his race in the, in the comic books, which, because I think you know Sam Jackson is Nick Fury the same way that RDJ is Tony Stark, and I love everything they've done with him in the movies. But I just don't know what it was that just didn't grab me. Like I think I got to the scene where you find out who his wife really is, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the last. And it should have just hooked me and got me in there because I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I it just it didn't work for me. So I, I, I do want to go back and finish one. it because I've seen everything else they've done. So I may as well go back and watch that. But. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't worth the investment at the time. So I will, I will go so far as to say that did it stick the landing? No. Did it move the needle a little? Uh, you may wind up with a few more questions than you started with. And, and uh, I would be curious to, to hear your take on it if you do finish the last three episodes. Well, and I like that. I like things that end with kind of like like they the more questions have been left unanswered or maybe you get some more. Like loose threads are awesome. Loose threads are so nice because then you have more places to go with it. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up. So give me give me a month and I'll be done with movies. <laughs> I can actually like do things <laughs> I enjoy again. So <laughs> give you well, a month. Doesn't that put you into Sundance season? <laughs> uh, we actually changed everything so that we've uh, we vote the first week of January and I'm not doing Sundance uh-huh. this year because it's my dad's 80th birthday and I'm hoping to go to California to see. Fair enough. Eats, so yeah. Right. Well, the thing the thing about the Marvels though is that you really didn't need to like have seen Secret Invasion to True. watch this this um movie, but like I leading up to it um leading up to when the Marvels was releasing, I had some different friends um reach out to me cuz like I watch all the Marvel stuff. Um and and so they're like I I missed I didn't watch WandaVision. Do I need to watch WandaVision before I see the Marvels? Do I need to watch Ms. Marvel? Mm, yeah, you know, and so like it was just kind of opened up the discussion, and I just I thought it was definitely interesting to to talk to friends about it and and everything. Um, I I I'm always I always tell people I'm like you really should watch it all because it all really <laughs> does link together, and it's also just kind of fun to see where every like how everything happens, whether it connects or not. Um, but yeah, I I'm definitely like on team. Yeah, you should watch WandaVision and Ms. Marvel before seeing the Marvels. I don't know um, you, what your guys' opinions are on that. No, I would agree, especially with Ms. Marvel, because of the flashing forward a little bit in the movie, the uh power band that Bardet uh, that Darben is looking for uh is the second band that Kamala's grandmother had. So getting to see, knowing where the other band came from, not just, yep. it, it, you know, mysteriously showed up with some 16-year-old kid, <laughs> uh, you know, on Earth, half a galaxy away. Yeah. Yeah. Like you do. So Like you do. <laughs> but we got to see, uh, one of the things that I did appreciate that the movie did, or a couple of the things, one is when you finally get all three of the Marvels in one room together. Or in a spaceship, mm-hmm. and they're actually talking. You still have Kamala, who has not quite gotten over that whole fangirl aspect of mm-hmm. of Carol Danvers just standing three feet in front of me, and she's treating her more like you know this mythical object than just a person standing there in front of her talking to her. But by the same token, you also have Monica, who's like, I don't know how to talk to you right now because she's got. A wee bit of pent up frustration with respect Some to family Kamala. issues. Yeah, they have a they have a, a personal personal connection. <laughs> and and as, to tie up the triangle, watching it as Kamala, who's built up this relationship with Carol in her head, with the first time that Monica goes, Aunt Carol, and she's like, Wait, did, did you just call her Aunt Carol? <laughs> And watching her parse that and understand that they've got a relationship that she knows nothing about. And I think that they played the three sides of that very well with Carol trying to balance 
hero worship versus family obligation. Monica dealing with who's the new kid that's untested versus uh, we've got to talk about a few things. And Kamala just being like all doughy eyed, you know, fangirl. Here for the ride. Fangirl <laughs> feeling ride. special because she's got a file on herself. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And, and a superhero team up. I mean, you know, what more could what any any sixteen year old kid want? Oh yeah. And I love how she was trying to come up with like official names for <laughs> for Monica, and like she never they never landed on one though, which I was kind of disappointed with. What what are her what are her? Does she have more than one name in the comics, or does she only yes. really have what what are no, they, Robert? I know you know. <laughs> so she started with Captain Marvel, then went to uh, Spectrum. Then photon, no spectrum photon. Photon is where she is now. Okay, I'm like photon was. I thought that's what she was, but again, they like didn't when they didn't even do much more with it in the movie. I'm like, are they gonna land on something? Like, where are we going with this? Yeah, so she she had the Captain Marvel title when before Carol officially adopted it in the six one six universe, um, and then there was a fight with one of Marvel's children who claimed the title and then Carol came back. She claimed the title. There was a bad, Oh, sorry. Moon dragon claimed the title for a while. So there's been another number of other people. No, sorry, not moon dragon. <laughs> Philovel claimed the title. So like three other people between Monica and Karen and Carol going, it's mine. I'm taking it. Mm. So yeah, the one thing I just love so much about this is that, Kamala Khan is just utterly the heart and soul of this movie. It goes, you know, we've talked about the fact that she's there. She's got the idol worship thing. She's just a gas that she gets to hang out with her. You know, this person she's always looked up to. And she has a joy in the sense that a lot of times in the comics and sometimes in movies is that these superpowers are treated as both a gift and a curse because, you know, great power, great responsibility, everything else. And she learns that, but she still likes being a superhero. And she gets to kind of have that, character arc also as far as like be careful when you meet your heroes because they mm -hmm. are human and she learns that mm -hmm. firsthand with some of the things that captain marvel did that actually is causing everything going on with her actions with the supreme intelligence back in the first movie uh so she gets to develop and grow but it's never done in that like depressing batman type way where you have to go <laughs> through like the rigors of like the nine levels of hell to get there like no, she loves what she's doing. She gets to be with people she looks up to, but she also gets that sobering realization that your heroes aren't perfect. They can still be heroes, and they can still do great things, and you can still look up to them, but you also have to understand that they're just as human as you are. And I thought that was a really cool arc for her, uh, and she still loves it. She still gets to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I get all these powers, but she grows. And I love uh, the actress who plays... Uh, what, what's her name again? It's... Uh, Amani... Iman Vellani. Iman Vellani. Iman Vellani. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had it pulled up a second ago, and I just changed screens. Uh, <laughs> I love how people are inter interviewing her, asking like, "Hey, how do you feel the movie didn't do well?" And she's like, "I don't care. It's not my fault it didn't do well." Like she's, you know, I'm excited <laughs> to see where she's going to go with with Marvel Universe, and I will watch anything she's in because she's fantastic. So I just, True. I can't wait to see her again, either on the big or small, small screen, because she is amazing. Well, to one other thing with with uh. Kamala's arc is she also learned that part of being a hero is accepting you can't save everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge lesson. 
and that uh, with, during the attack on the Skrull colony, when they have to leave people behind, and she's like, but, but, and they're like, we can only take this so many people and, and make it out of here alive ourselves. And watching that kind of crush her just a little, that realization of we have all these powers, we can do all these things, but we can't save everybody. But that also takes us to a point that Marley made going back to Secret Invasion about where's New Asgard and all of this? And if they're taking in people, why don't they take in some, some scrolls? We <laughs> finally get to see Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie, I'm sorry, King Valkyrie show up and, <laughs> and be like, oh, hey, you rank? I loved that. Which, I loved that. Like a cameo. Is that what we would call it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, lo I loved that. I thought that was great um, to, to acknowledge like, Hey, yeah, there's this whole other group of people who've ha who've gone through something very similar themselves. They lost their planet. And you know what? I think, I think they have um, room, you know, to, to help them and to be able to support them. Which is, which is funny because we, we just, went through secret invasion mm -hmm. earth has failed to place <laughs> them on their own on on their own planet so what the answer is hey let's bring more scrolls and cause more <laughs> chaos to earth but and they're going to new yeah but they're going to new asgard they just they don't really it's touch new asgard they're not going to stay in new asgard right yeah like, yeah they can they can, or they can go and create more chaos because now you've got a frustrated leader at Miss Marvel, uh, or not Miss Marvel at uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, thank you, um, because all their their people just got squished by a planet, and it was all caused by her, one way or another. Yeah. Directly, indirectly, yeah. <laughs> Pretty directly. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> well, and like that's the other interesting aspect of this whole movie too is is um is Carol's you know journey. We she she's not just this um you know person that has like these incredible superpowers. Like she is she is probably the most or one of the most powerful beings and um you know and besides that from what we've seen you know there's there's not been like i don't want to say she doesn't have personality but like there's not really been much more than that and obviously like in the first movie captain marvel like her whole thing was like well i'm trying to like regain my memories and find out who i am and all of that but then other than that like we haven't really been able to see much more from her on like a personal level until this movie. And we also find out that like, even though she is like an all, like a very powerful um, person that she also has consequences to her decisions and her actions. And, yeah. and I, I think a lot of it too, is she doesn't realize, or maybe she chose to ignore maybe. Uh, and especially with a uh, Hala, is that the name of mm -hmm. the city Maria. or planet? Yeah. Oh, that Hala. she was yeah. at yeah that um you know i know she also had like her own personal feelings that went on there and so she kind of just like left them in the dust even though there were plenty of people there that had nothing to do with what happened to her and she just kind of was like okay bye i destroyed your uh planet but bye and then to then later find out the consequences of that and how 
all that uh crap what is her name darben they, yes yeah, Dar yeah 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 that like all darben was doing was like i mean not to say that her actions weren't always the most good but she was also just trying to save her own people as well so an interesting parallel there <laughs> is um darben was to this movie what michael shannon's general zod was to man of steel mm. i am acting the best interests of my people and I don't care what I have to do to save my people at the expense of anyone else. Yep. I am, my job is to see the safety, security, and mm -hmm. advancement of my people, period. And, yeah. and it was also, she wasn't, fortunately, and I don't think Zod was in that movie either, but Darben was not a cookie cutter, just mustache twirling villain. She had motivations like, my planet is dying because of the actions of this person. I'm, I am, I will move whatever heaven or hell I have to, to save my people. And, you know, if it hurts someone else and they happen to be a squirrel. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did identify with that because I, I think any one of us would, if in a situation where we had to do whatever it took to save our loved ones or our families or our kids, whatever you have, you would do anything. I mean, I don't <laughs> think there's anyone who would, and I don't have kids, but I have people like I love like family and everything else. But um, so I think what she was doing was the best way a villain can be portrayed as far as they're the hero in their own minds, because as far as yes. she was concerned, I'm just doing what I have to do to save these people. And those are always the most interesting villains. In my opinion, though, I really wish she kind of did come across as one note still. I think there's such a deep, interesting character there. And it just it wasn't portrayed as well as it could have been. Um, so I think she, what she was doing was 100% in line and made sense for her character arc. But I didn't feel like we got an arc. It just kind of like got stunted at the end, especially the way she, you know, she's like, hey, we'll help you. And then she still chooses to essentially kill herself because she tries to take on the power of the two bands and can't do it. Um, I would have liked for her to, and again, you know, depends who's writing it, she might have lived. I would have liked to have seen where she went maybe in the future. Like, hey, so we do partner together. We help save your thing. We leave as, like, begrudging allies kind of thing. But yeah. uh, we didn't really get that. And we don't really get that in Marvel movies. Obviously, in comics, we <laughs> you can always bring them back. But I was just saying, Marvel felt movies like, have, this, have this knack for killing off villains. Yes. And I, I kind of feel like they did her wrong or did her dirty because I would have liked – she was an interesting character. I wanted to see where she could go yeah. after this and not be quite as one note as they made her. Well, and I, I kind of feel like the – a lot of the purpose of that too was not only was she trying to save like her planet and her people, but also she had a greater desire for power so that she could, you know, not only put her planet together back together, but also then protect it for the foreseeable future. But like, yeah, obviously like that didn't work out in her favor because she was not strong enough to contain that power. But I also wonder if that was also, the the purpose of the plot being able to you know show that that power actually um that someone else can handle that power kind of thing and so it was almost to show us like actually you know here's here's what's gonna happen once that power is now combined and uh it also has its own consequences and it was just kind of just to like move it along and so, like, yeah, you're right. Like, in that way, it kind of did Darben a little dirty. 
in the end. And so like, it is kind of unfortunate. I, I think it would have been fun to get a little bit more of her as well, but I don't know. It's, it's just, it also just like leaves us with like a what's to come kind of thing for the rest of the, the Marvels. Well, well I also think thing, the main credit scene leaves a lot of what's to come too. So <laughs> sure. But I mean, yeah. even going back to Darben's yeah. story, before we get to the, before we get to the end of the movie, going back to Darben's story, this is one of, if not the shortest Marvel movies ever. And to be able to get three leads, a villain and some side stories thrown in, in was it 97 minutes or 95 minutes? Um, they, they did, I would say that Nia DaCosta did a good job with the movie is telling the story, moving things along at mm-hmm. a, not a too slow a pace, not too quick of a pace, but she may not have filled in all of the gaps for certain things like Darben's story, just to kind of flush her out for like Adam was saying, give her just a little more mm-hmm. and not just here's the villain. Here's her motivation. It, it makes sense moving on. Um, but I think that for the time that we had and you know, what was, what they were trying to do to move forward with, um, with the, with Captain Marvel story, Kamala's story, and to some degree, Monica's story with that, you know, there's some things that are just going to wind up in the cutting room floor. And yeah, unfortunately and- that was probably one of them. Well, and I think too, in the long run, like <laughs> this is obviously fiction, obviously and it doesn't always have to make sense right you know like the it doesn't always have to line up perfectly either like i was actually reading a a review um right before this too just to kind of see what some other people were saying about the film and and i'm just like they're just like you know what there's this and this and like you know it doesn't really matter like why it is the way it is but it just but it is it's still like entertaining and like you don't it's you don't have to ha- explain away every little thing, especially like when it comes to like the science of it all. You know what I mean? I put that in quotes because because it deserves to be. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, in in their in in Marvel land, it's science, but like in our real world life, it's like it, it's fantasy. You know, and so it's just like, anyways, I don't know. It's. You, you kind of just have to just like take some of these movies to um, not so like literally. And I think some people, um, I, I don't know, like, do you, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't look into why people hated this movie so much. Like why critics because didn't like it. They're neck beards. <laughs> <laughs> so. Cause everyone I talked to loved it. it. Here's the thing. You've, we we've seen these trends from, Wonder Woman, we've seen it from the original Captain Marvel release. Like, it if it's got a, a female lead, a lot of people are going to boycott it and say that it's not a great movie and blah, blah, blah. She's a very Sue. Completely stupid about it. There's no and, substance to that reasoning. <laughs> there's no. not, which doesn't make any sense. But right. it's what we see every single time. Wonder Woman did a did a release that was uh, a screening for for just women, and fanboys were in complete uproar about it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, did you did you hear about that, Marley? No. <clears throat> so it was like Alamo Draft House, and I know um, <clears throat> it happened in Denver because I had a friend who went there. It wasn't even opening night; it was like the next Thursday, like at six p.m. 
yeah. and they did a screen where it was only for women, uh, whether that was cis or trans. You could go if you're a woman, and all the guys on the internet in the world. Well, it's actually 11 people, but they're very loud, so it sounds like it's all the people. Uh, they threw this big fit and said, "Oh, that's sexist. It's horrible. It's this and that." I'm like, there was another screening at the exact same time you could have gone to. Like it was literally a different, like one theater over. Like, in yeah, like, yeah. Like, or you could have gone the week before when it when it on opening night and just watched it on opening night. Like, why yeah. did you have to wait and then throw a fit when you yeah. were invited to a screening? It, it was Haters the same gonna hate. Yeah, and I, I believe uh, Black Please Panther did. Swift. Black Panther did it with African American audiences too, and it was the same thing. It's like, oh well, how come we can't have an all white screening? Because you have all the power and money and everything else. Go away, shoot! <laughs> like shoot. You, you don't need your own screening. Like you have those. It's called six p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was just so stupid. I was like, but it's whatever. not just it's not just uh, Captain Marvel or the Marvels or even Wonder Woman. Barbie. I mean, look at look at the backlash that got. For yeah. being from the neckbeards, as you put it, and you know, people are just like, "Well, why do we need this movie?" The fact that you ask that question, yes, is the reason for that. Yep, for that why this movie exists. Completely uneducated, do not understand the world that we live in. Like, yeah, why do yeah. we need? Why is Black Panther so black? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, oh, goodness. oh, we're not going to go there. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one of one of the pieces of hate that I was that was seeing on Reddit the most, um, but was was tied into uh, Secret Invasion. For Adam's sake, I, I won't mention characters. You, you um, can, I don't care. It's too late. Okay. So. <laughs> Just kidding. people people were saying, well, where was Gaia? If all these light based powers are being used, and Gaia happens to have these light based powers that she's able to shoot out because she did some some captain marvel moves where was she this is the biggest like uh biggest letdown or 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 hole that marvel has missed and it's just like well for one she's laying low so she's not using her powers the power the the switch only happens when they're using the powers at the same time it's not one person's using the powers and another one it's got to be timed just right Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. She's got like 40 other superhero powers. <laughs> what makes you think she's just going to summon Captain Marvel all the time? Like, because no, that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and I'd say that's not necessarily the biggest miss that Marvel's had. I mean, they've had some others, but this, I mean, there's some, there's some things that you question the continuity between Marvel things, Marvel uh, movies and TV shows after phase three. Um, we know that in phase phases one and two, um, they tried to tie in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example. <laughs> first, The first one, and I was a religious uh, Agents, of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watcher, first same. season especially. Yes. Yep. And oh, it, was, it was a slow plotting process for the first 16 episodes i'm like every tuesday i'm here and then we get uh episode 17 and then we get captain america uh the winter soldier and then we get episode 18 which picks up during that episode of agents of shield it's just like this is great unfortunately the timeline for making a movie and the timeline for making a tv show don't 
mesh very well, which is why they couldn't keep bringing in characters from the movie portion of the MCU into the TV show and having it tie in properly. They yeah. did a very loose thing in, in the second season with Age of Ultron. And then there were references here and there. They brought in some adjacent characters because they couldn't bring in the leads because of timing and other other uh, scheduling issues. But where they had originally said it's all connected, where Jeff Lober was like originally said it's all connected, they couldn't keep those connections as tight. Um, they've done a little better with some of the movie, some of the shows coming out after, uh, like when the Disney Plus series began with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They've dropped the ball a couple of times after Eternals, giant head in the ocean, giant hand in the ocean. Nobody talks about it. Doesn't, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, and there've been a number of things that they haven't pulled together well. I'm hoping that that's something that they kind of tackle going forward, especially now that they're slowing down their release schedule and their production schedules for the movies to go to get a, to basically to catch their breath, hopefully, and go, let's keep the movies as the big features and maybe have the TV shows as things that feed into some of the um, some of the elements of the movies, maybe. Well, two things I have to say about that is, one, I still argue that the, the Eternals took place in a different uh, dimension or universe. I don't think it actually took place in the 616. I could be wrong. I just is my own personal little fan theory. Uh, and two, as much as it is, you know, annoying that we have so many movies pushed back because of the strikes, the fact that we're only getting the one next year, the Deadpool 3, going back to your thing, Robert, about, hey, they can take a step back and see, hey, how do we want to do this? I think for the MCU, that was actually a blessing. Because mm -hmm. I don't know so much that we're getting superhero fatigue as much as they're just pushing stuff too fast and we don't have a chance to recover before the next thing happened. Um, and yeah. I'd like to see more of the series too. So that's best me. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a mix of that and a mix of just lack of storytelling from from some areas. Like it, it definitely doesn't feel like the movies are as connected as they were in in phase one and two right um and so when we're jumping into you know these ones and we've got so many characters that just have have disappeared at this point that we don't know what's going on with them or haven't heard any references about them like shang chi um, shang chi yep mm -hmm. that's a that's a good example you know we we <laughs> see we see the after credits in that one where wong's like hey we need you and cool. have we seen him since? Nothing's no, happening. he's he's just on the on deck circle. He'll it, you know he's it, up to bat next. I right? mean, we've seen we've seen Wong since then. <laughs> Wongers, oh, Wongers. Yeah. Wongers. <laughs> that was such that was so amazing. That's one of my favorite parts of that series. <laughs> oh, same. Oh, same. Everyone here's played the Spider Man game, right? Yeah, I've not beaten it, but I played it. Yes, Xbox. Have you seen a certain cameo, Adam? I know. I, I you can say okay. if you want to. I again yeah. this time of year I don't have time for things. So Cameo. I've tried. Uh, I tried. There there was a note, uh what was it? Uh I think it was one of the Miles missions, but uh it's it's him and Catwoman, right? Um Oh, and cat, oh black cat this, black cat this portal making device and then at the end of it uh uh it disappears 
and there's a note from Wong that says, well, <laughs> thanks, thanks for holding this for for us. We've got it from here or something well, like that. Well, they, and they, I mean, yeah, because Black Cat stole it from the Sanctum Sanctorium yeah. right there in New York. And so there, you don't go inside, but you're like outside. And you also are like doing like this like crazy portal jumping and stuff and trying to get it back from her. And and then, yeah. And then Wong, yeah, all of a sudden swoops in. I just thought it was hilarious like... that he got Wong <laughs> yeah. in that. No, and, and I, that I, I, I did get that far. Like, yeah, with the little okay. staff thing, she's like, yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did get that yeah. far. So, yeah, it's pretty early on in the game. Um, yeah, no, I think, I, I think, I, especially after the Marvels, I have a lot more, I guess you could say, a, there's a brighter future, a more hope for the marvels and and for seeing more of that interconnectedness that we saw so much in the first three phases because at the very end you know i'm gonna we we need to we need to talk about the end but we're also gonna have to go back to my favorite scene of the movie we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a minute so we can't forget okay marley's favorite scene okay but we're gonna talk about but yes stick a pin but then at the end um more particularly with um Kamala showing up to Kate Bishop's house and showing, you know, kind of like a, a, Hey, there's a team up. There's a future team up that is happening (laughs) here with these young Avengers. And I just, I am like, so here for it because we've seen those two and we've seen um, Ironheart and even Shuri. I don't know if she'll really be part of that because maybe she's not, I don't know if she counts as young. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I'm meaning to. Not that she's well, old. Kate points out that she's 23. So I mean, yeah, just throwing that out there. And then who we were talking about this after the, so we've seen the movie? Eli who Bradley, else is there? Patriot. Yeah. We've seen um, America Chavez. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, Cassie Lang. Yes. And let's see, Gar. Patriot stature. Uh, Haley uh, Harley Keener. Who, be, who in some versions becomes Iron Lad. Mm-hmm. Um, who did you say, Colin? Seen, pardon me? Would, Colin, would, uh, would what's his name? Scar be a part of it or no? Scar? Scar. Scar uh, they will probably put him um, in instead of Braun. Who's that again? Hulk's, Hulk's son that showed up Hulk at the Hulk. end of She-Hulk. Oh. With oh, the bad yeah. hair. With the With the... Oh, yeah, Avatar yeah, yeah. haircut. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, guys. Yeah. I think there's just too much diversity in this Young Avengers group. Like, where's the place for all? Where's for all? The place for all the straight white guys? You know. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so like, mm. just having that moment, even just in the mid-credit scene with her showing up to like, "Hey, Kate Bishop, sup?" You know, like, let's do a thing. You know, that that just like, I feel like it gives us some really good hope for the future of the MCU and what's yeah. to come. And hopefully, they don't. They, I, I know we don't get any new movies next year, but like I hope they don't wait too long because if truly if we are going a young Avengers route, these actors think? are gonna <laughs> only get older. <laughs> it'd be so, nice if they were still young. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I don't know what that exactly means, but I, I think it gives me hope for for the future of, of the MCU. And then even the other credit and credit scene. Which we hope for other things. <laughs> uh, X-Men. <laughs> and, that was and, that was crazy. So it was interesting. And that's another let's let's jump to that one also because one of the problems 
one of Monica's issues with Carol is Carol's disappearance from her family. And it was a family of three, uh, Maria, Carol, and uh, Maria's daughter, Monica. And then Carol tells Monica in no uncertain terms, I'll be back. And then disappears for 30 years. As I far mean, as Monica's concerned. Well, she didn't <laughs> lie, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's not like she just went to the corner to get some milk and came back. It's like, it oh. took 30 years. She went and got <laughs> cigarettes and never came back. So they never got <laughs> But during that time, we know that Carol did come back uh, long enough to see Monica, see Maria before she died. Um, while Monica was blipped away and to take Goose with her back to space. And then Monica comes back to no one and has no support structure, nothing, you know, nothing. And she has to deal with all of this. Her mom's gone. Aunt Carol's gone. The Florkin's gone. You know, what I, what do I do now? Which we, we can then understand her frustration with just seeing Carol pop up out of nowhere and having to confront all of this at once and she's not ready for it. So then we get to Marley's scene where Monica saves the day by saving the multiverse by fixing a hole in space time and winding up not in Kansas anymore. She winds up in fact in upstate New York in another universe with a blue furry guy talking <laughs> about her condition. And there were a bunch of like metal X's on doors. And there's a bunch of metal X's on the door. So yeah. and, then, and then he mentions the, the thing for me was he mentions binary. And I'm like, oh, they went there. And then we see who binary is in this universe. And it's this universe is Maria Rambeau. Which for Monica is just it's just mom. Yeah, and we get the mm -hmm. kind of that that I know you, you know, I've I've worked this through in my head so many times from Monica's perspective, and Maria's like, yeah, but what? Understandably, because there's I'm your who, like, mom, ma, what, <laughs> what, who, mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fact that you know that Monica is having this moment because she now gets a chance to possibly say all the things she didn't get to say to her mother to a version of her mother, at least. Um, and then we find out that Monica has taken Carol's place with the X-Men as binary, um, which happened in the comics. I'm sorry. Carol was with the X-Men as binary in the one sixties of uncanny X-Men. Um, so that's a, a complete nod to the, long-time Uncanny X-Men fans. But we have Beast voiced once again by Kelsey Grammer, mm -hmm. which, you know, everybody hears the voice and hears the music and everybody's like, understandable. <laughs> because, you know, we've been waiting for mutants to show up in the MCU for the longest time. Well, and, and like, now... for reels, too, not just, like, little teases like WandaVision yeah, and Quicksilver. Exactly. That was, that was like, one of the worst betrayals. That was the <laughs> It was worst. awful. It was a wonderful turn, I thought. I'm just going, so we're going to have this nod. Betrayal. And not say anything about it. <laughs> it's just another day in another day in, in Westview. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so but, it definitely opens up things. Um, again, making it a hopefully brighter future for Marvel. 
the MCU and what's to come. Like I, I feel like if anything, like people, people need to um, go watch this movie, obviously to enjoy the movie because it's, it's quite enjoyable and there's some really fun, fun characters, good moments. Yeah. Um, but also for those um, two endings, the, 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 cre- the mid credit and end credit scene. Well, yeah. are they both at mid credit? No, Just one's mid one's end of, end of the, like the, title card credits and then yeah. you're just scrolling yeah 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 okay yeah because that's right there wasn't like an end credit scene correct but anyway you guys know what i mean but no i mean it's a fun movie it you know and i think that it, it has gotten a lot of negative attention from people who just don't want it to do well for one uh for the people who can't accept a a strong female protagonist let alone three in the same movie um and you know it's, it's not just a woman that's it's a woman of color, two women of color. One's just a teenager. You know, all the things that, that give you a soup of, I don't like this and throw it, you know, throw it all together into one, one movie. And it's all the things that whoever wants to hate something can find something to hate. Well, there's one thing in this movie that people should not hate and that they should actually watch this movie because it's an amazing part is the Flurkins. Yes. <laughs> I thought yeah, you were going to say was the musical. <laughs> no, I said that one. That was me. Because <laughs> Alanda is great. Oh, no, the musical, scene. the musical planet where everyone sings. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, that was fun, too. But back to the Flurkins. Back to the <laughs> Flurkins. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pull that pin out and we're going to talk about Marley's you mean all these Flurkins. Yes. OK, you guys, I am. I'm a huge cat lady. I, I have two cats. I love cats. They're great. And so this movie, like, yeah, that whole scene where they're on the Sabre station and why do they need to get off the Sabre station again? I don't even remember what was the reason why they needed to leave. Were they being sucked into the hole that was being made or something like that? Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was too focused on the Flurkins. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what the plot was. It was just so... But you see Goose and and she'd been eating all these things and you're just like what is goose doing and then why are you as eating soon, so much well and as soon as they like were on the ship because they're again like there's like all these like side things happening in this movie and they're just like fun fun things too and they're just like well there's like this like weird growth thing over here and we're just trying to investigate it and figure out what's going on and the whole time i'm like those are baby flurkins like i know what this is um but then when they all started like hatching and showing up and like that whole scene where they're like running around and trying to be like hey wait we can't save all these people by fitting everyone into the escape pods because there's not enough room for the for the people well and the i mean there's also like aliens there's other species besides just humans on this space station but they're like, we can't fit everybody in there. And so then they come up with this like idea <laughs> that's like, well, wait, the Flurkins can eat them, ingest them. <laughs> what is the proper term here? I don't know. But they can like suck them up. And like, then all of a sudden now you only have to deal with like a tiny little kitten. And so then I just, oh my gosh, you guys, I was like cry laughing. Oh yeah, you know that the Flurkins are just going to spit out all these other... Well, they've seen them do it. They've seen them do it, though. They've seen them do it, but like that doesn't mean it's a hundred percent accurate. They needed to make a decision in the moment, Colin. 
They had. They did not have. It was either die in the space station or be eaten by flurkins and maybe die. It's fine. It's fine. So it was we Nick get... Fury making a tough call. We get all these little tiny, harmless <laughs> kittens running around, and oh my gosh, as they're just like swooping in um, all these people. And I love how, like, on the intercom overhead, they like they're like just having the announcement: "Do not resist. <laughs> Let the flurkins eat you." And then I love how they're just like trying to like you know get the kittens inside the little escape pod. And it was just like it was just so wholesome. It was hurting cats. Yeah, and it was just Quite like literally, yes, yes, and it was just like I, I to me, it just like it was very a wholesome moment, and it was honestly like very unexpected. I mean, we've never really seen anything like that in a Marvel movie yeah. before. And going back to uh, as absurd of all of this is, you now have Kamala's parents who are on the space station. Yes, so they're there know, too. <laughs> who've been brought up, who've been brought up by Nick Fury to explain where their daughter is, and. They're in the middle of all of this chaos, and you just and they're just okay. We're going to roll with this, and I, I love the fact they're just kind of like, right? I don't understand, but I'm not going to question it. We're just going to go with it. Just and they help with it. Well, and I love but, how like Kamala like picks up one of the Flurkin kittens and is like holding it and like aiming it at you like a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I was seriously dying. I was dying. Oh it was. It was. So it was funny. a fun. It was a fun and ridiculous part of the movie that I think definitely broke the monotony of everything that we've seen in phase four with all of the doom and gloom and strife that went on in phase four. It was a, I think a much needed bit of just hilarity and and mm -hmm. complete absurdity to go, yeah. you know, life in the, life in the, in the, what is it? The one nine, 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 nine universe ain't all bad. It can't be kind of funny at times. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like it was very, like, it was very needed. And well, it was, one of the great. one of the heart wrenching scenes was, you know, after uh, Rambo disappears and and uh, Marvel's off to to regenerate that son, um, is uh, Kamala having to go back to Earth alone in that ship and then have to tell what happened and like while she's still processing all these things. And that's not an easy thing for a high school student. It's not easy for an adult. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let alone, you know, high school kid. Yeah. But she, she bore the responsibility. Yep. And it's, you know, if you want to take the Spider-Man route and say with great power comes great responsibility, she's shouldered that mantle in her own series. We saw her growing into the role of Miss Marvel um, organically then. And then now being thrust into the larger picture and and seeing you know things that she can't control things that she can't do anything about and having to accept the consequences of of that by the time that she has to do this it's not something she wants to do by any stretch of the imagination but she does it because she knows that she's the one who has to mm. yeah so you know and again kudos to to all of the uh actors in this movie for for bringing their characters to life in the way that they did and honestly during the miss marvel series i kind of hated her mother for the first <laughs> literally for like the first four episodes and then 
after they come back from um from Karachi, I'm like, okay, no, she's not all bad. She's she's a mom with yeah. a teenage daughter that has been secretive about what she's doing, and now she understands why. And she's like, okay, I'm supportive of you as your mother, but I'm also terrified of what you're doing. And I think that watching her in this movie, I just kind of came to to appreciate her even more because she's like, she's again, terrified for where's my daughter gone? Who are these people showing up in my, who are these blue people? Why are there blue people at my house? Why is Nick Fury showing up looking for my daughter who just disappeared in the middle of the living room? Mm -hmm. And to go from that to just watching how, when she last saw Kamala before she took off with Carol and, and Monica, it's like, you know, I be safe. And she just wants, she just wants her kid to come home safely. Yeah. Like any parent really wants to, or anyone who loves somebody just come home safe. And well, she, and her parents have really like realized what she's meant for. Yeah, at this mm-hmm. point too which is yeah. huge because before her parents were like no 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 we're not <laughs> yeah. gonna do this 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 isn't how it is and now they're like we get it and they and they support her you know the best that they can too and by being her parents and being there as her parents but also you know like the support system but also like fans too yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and i mean it was great i mean it's a, i mean if you want to look at a contrast for every other superhero movie where it's like, I've got to hide my powers from everybody. I can't tell anyone the secret, which she did for the longest time in her series. It's nice to see that she has people she could just talk to. They may not be able to relate to everything she tells them, but she can talk to her parents about, so I did this thing. And they can be, you know, rightly terrified by you went up against what, or you did what, or you went where. But at the end of the day, they can be proud of their child for, and you saved people, and you did this mm-hmm. thing, you survived, and you know helped somebody do something. So that's yeah. one of the things that I I do like that they've done with this was show her parents as we get it, we can't do anything about it, but we'll cope with it as best we can, and we'll help you cope with what you can't as best we can. Yeah. For sure. No, I, I feel like, especially with such a short movie, um, we got so much out of it, right? Like, there there was so much, like, character development, um, as much as we could for, for these three women, um, you know? And, and given, you know, some context and, and the other shows and everything, like, that definitely helped. But it was nice to just, like, bring it all under one roof in one movie and um, and see all those connections made, but also be able to um, see more of their growth. Especially Ms. Marvel, because, you know, she's, she, again, like, I, I feel like she is, like, one of the future, you know, pieces of the MCU. And so, like, we need to see more of her, um, especially was- in these in these ways. It was also, and I, I didn't know if anybody was going to bring this up or not, but one of the things we also saw towards the end of the movie with Carol returning to Earth, setting, you know, reestablishing a connection on Earth by moving into uh, Maria and Monica's old home. And, yeah. And not just that, but Kamala being there to help with, and her family yeah. being there to help with the move and building that relationship and that bond a little more. And, you can see that it's it's still the wound of Monica being gone is raw for Carol because you know she 
had right in front of her face and there's nothing she could do about it. Um, and then to move back into where all of these memories were, were formed and where Monica lived, where Maria lived. And that's her now base of operation, so to speak, you know, and the fact that she's, you know, Kamala has now seen Carol as a person and has accepted her as a person and still wanting to still wanting to kind of take her on as a mentor and to learn from her, but also as somebody that she can just kind of be like, Oh, this is cool. What's that thing? What's this? Like when they were in the airplane and just that scene between the two of them, that quiet scene at the end of like, okay, this is, this is happening. Mm -hmm. This has happened rather. Here's where we are. And just having a moment together of, of just accepting each other's, you know, who they were and what they were, what they've gone through. I thought it was a nice touch. So again, I am going to give many kudos to Nia DaCosta for taking so many disparate elements and fusing them together into a fun movie that deserves to be seen by far more people than have seen it and be given a much better shake than it got from everyone who hasn't seen it because it's, you know, it's a girl movie. It's a, this, it's a, that it's a, oh, okay. Just go see the movie. Yeah, it's it's well, another it's, Marvel movie. Oh, they're doing it again. Well, well, and it's it's not like Endgame where you have it. Sorry to say it, but like you do have that one like girl power scene in Endgame, right? Yeah, and it just felt so forced to be there yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and Marvels is not like that at all. No, not at all. No, and that's that's a that's growth on so many different levels for Marvel. Well, and I'll say, I, as someone who, again, sees a lot of movies, the fact that they could do all this, wrap it up, yeah, there may be a couple little things we could have had more of, but to do it in an hour and 40 minutes, like, I can't remember the last time there was any Marvel movie, and actually most movies in general, that <clears throat> was able to tell a story in such a short amount of time. So I was very happy yeah. with that. So Yeah. So yeah, there we have it. The Marvels. Go see it. If you have it, If you have seen it, go see it again. If you want to talk about it, join us here at our Discord channel, discord.ageofgeek.com. Or you can and, uh, sing about it, too. I know we didn't really talk about could. that whole scene, <laughs> but we kind of, Colin kind of touched on it a little bit. The, but. the part where the one guy starts like, oh, they only understand you if you're singing, and the guy starts talking, they're like, well, how does he know what we're saying? Like, oh, he's bilingual. He's bilingual. Had me rolling. I loved that, that whole part. Like, I thought that was just, like, so interesting because... You know, we, again, like this was like a, a whole new planet. Like we'd never seen this before and it was different. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't just like alien creatures that, you know, have green skin or blue skin or what. It was like totally like a way out in left field that I don't like no one was expecting that. And, uh, and, Robert, for, and for Carol to be like. Is Landa in the <laughs> comics? I cannot remember if uh, there's. Oh. In whose run was it? I can't remember if it was Kelly Sue DeConnick's run or Kelly Thompson's run. There was a arc where Carol was about to be, I can't say forced into a marriage, was about to undertake an arranged marriage um, to save the planet. And someone else took her spot in it. So I can't remember what the name of the planet was in that comic or those comics, but that situation did arise. So it was a definite nod to that. It may have been part of Kelly Sue's run. 
but I, I just can't remember exactly who it was and when it happened, but there was a nod to it at least. Um, but Captain it was also nice to see Marvel volume eight, number nine back in November of 2014. Orlando was a planet briefly visited by uh, Leela Cheney uh, when she was a kid, where she got engaged with Alanda's uh, Prince Jan. Wow. Now I remember this. Yes. Every inhabitant uh, speaks in rhythms. Yes. So, yes, it does. Thank you, MarvelFandom.com. <laughs> I'm on Goodreads trying to find it, so. <laughs> um, but no, like I said, it, it did it did appear briefly in the comics. Um, and I think that Lila was the one who was actually originally supposed to be married off, and Carol was going to, but then somebody else, again, took that spot. But it was nice to see Carol taking on a responsibility to save a planet and Monica and Kamala being like, yeah, but wait, you did what? When? What? Say again. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, we see that all of these things have gone on that have kept Carol from coming home because she was afraid of failing and being perceived as having failed at certain things, which is why she didn't come back to help with the scroll uh, relocation um, or that portion of it. Um, and that's why the scroll colony that we saw earlier in the movie um, that uh, Darben then destroyed, why their leadership was skeptical about Carol showing up and helping the way that they were. So uh, they tied, I mean, there was a lot of, there were a lot of moving parts in this movie and they tied, I think most of them up. Well, they left a number of threads out there to be picked up on later or, or rewoven later, so to speak. Uh, and it's also going to be curious to see how the alternate universe in which we have X people, how that's woven in to the multiverse uh, after the happenings with Loki. I was going to say, are they being woven together in the loom? That's getting mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Everything the world is tree. now, yes. <laughs> the world tree. Yeah. The world tree. We could do a whole, I could do a whole series on just that one episode of Loki, so we won't go there <laughs> oh, right now. Oh, so, we did that. Uh, that was our last episode here. Okay. We talked all about Loki season two. So yeah, much that one. So much. Amazing. Very long. <laughs> yeah. We could have kept going, but we had to end at some point. <laughs> And speaking of which, we should probably start putting a bow on this one. Um, like to once again, thank Adam McDonald for joining us. Adam, let people know where they can find you, please. Uh, well, first of all, thanks to you again for having me on here. It's always fun hanging out with you guys. Uh, but yeah, you can find me over at Big Movie Mouth Off, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those kind of fun places. And then also on BigShinyRobot.com. Excellent. And... Uh... This is probably going to be, I believe, our last episode for the year. I believe we're taking a hiatus after this until early oh, January. Yeah. Winter break, baby. Winter break. <laughs> Winter break. Amen. Um, <laughs> but we will be back with more uh, following the uh, the beginning of the year. Uh, but we do thank everybody for joining us. Um, does anybody have anything that they need to announce? Heroes of Hell's Kitchen. 
Yeah, thank thank you, thank you, Robert. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Age of Geek might be on a bit of a winter break, but another. I mean, there's a few other podcasts, another podcast with, uh, emerges with, with Age of Geek Media that are still going, and one of those is Heroes of Hell's Kitchen. It's a uh, recap series on um, Daredevil from. Um, from Netflix, well, now on Disney Plus, but we have been covering a few episodes at a time, and um, and we, meaning Luke from the Nerd Dome podcast, um, <laughs> we are co-hosting that podcast together, and um, we're actually getting close to wrapping up season one of of Daredevil. So there's a lot of exciting things. We also tie in the comic book references and whatnot and just talk about our favorite character daredevil because why not <laughs> and you can find that we are on instagram at heroes of underscore hell's kitchen so check us out there excellent colin do you have anything i got nothing peace nothing out love beautiful people <laughs> and the discord i mean back to the back to the discord you know i kind of interrupted you guys there before but yeah colin tell us tell everyone about the discord real quick again Oh, it's a Discord <laughs> where people talk in our awesome community of epic proportions. Where all geeks are welcome. Where all geeks are welcome. Discord.com. <laughs> Please join us. You're all welcome. Yay. And with that, we will oh. thank you for, for tuning in. And again, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Marley and Colin. And thanks for tuning in to thanks. Age of Geek. See you next time. Bye. I'll Bye. This has been an Age of Geek media production.